Good afternoon, Rich Das, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media, leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise. Here for this week's Embedded Executive, and my executive this week is Paul Keeley. He is the Chief Cloud Officer for, oddly enough, Open Systems, which is not related in any way, shape, or form to Open Systems Media. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm good, Rich. I was. I, I need to find more confusing name terms to... Uh... Get your audience wonky on this one. Well, you got us going both directions because you're the chief cloud officer. I've never interviewed a chief cloud officer before. So uh, I'm sort of looking forward to this one. It's kind of the title they give somebody that they don't know what to give somebody. <laughs> very good. Very good. So uh, what I wanted to talk to you about is, is actually a very interesting subject. It has to do with AI and security and the combination of the two. However... Um, we, with the White Hats, are using AI for lots of good stuff. But it sort of dawned to me that you can use that same AI to do stuff that's not so good, like hack into people's networks. Um, a, are, are you seeing this? And is, is, is this a real thing? Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, the, the key thing to understand with, uh, uh, you know, when, when personally, I'm sure you know that old joke, what's the difference between AI and ML? Uh, one's built on, you know, machine learning is built on Python and AI is built on PowerPoint. You know, that- uh, I had not heard that, that's pretty good. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people still question this whole artificial intelligence sentient stuff, but the idea of, of machine learning is that you use the power of GPU to find patterns and things and help you, you know, understand what's going on. And so if I send a, an attack out to, you, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, well, doesn't it make sense that the easiest thing I would do in the attack is ask it to call home and tell me how it's getting on, you know, and I can build a data set from those call home activities. Hold on a sec. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by call home. Would, would well, you know, it, like it's, yeah, so so I, I send a, a malware to you, you click on a phishing link and you download something and the, the package that's trying to work, run on your system, it's calling home to our central systems all the time to say, hey, they had this antivirus, we got it off. Hey, I'm stuck on this. So attackers are trying to get their attacks to communicate back to them to let them know how they're doing, you know, what's working, what's not working, you know, what are the problems, what does the machine learning need to tune for the next attack to make it more successful in, in its next wave? Is it possible to quantify the success of something like that? Well, so, so you know, recently there was uh, an attack that was made by a particular country, which I won't say who, and the first thing that the attack did is it looked at the regional settings on your computer. And if your regional settings were set to Russian, it called home and said, this person's Russian, I'm gonna stop the attack. You know, and so people are, are, are using things like, hey, if, we're, you know, if I'm gonna write it, I'm not gonna attack my own people. And so uh, I need to understand how come, it, it, you know, after successfully seeing it communicate with, 25,000 hosts and only 4,000 hosts have been successful. Well, the first thing I need to know is, well, did the kill switch kick? You know, 
And so for it to communicate back just isn't that hard. So you're saying for me to stay safe today, I should set my VPN to Russia? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> to stay safe today, I think a glass of vodka and a prayer, maybe. <laughs> okay. But what about the actual hack itself? Is AI being used to get in? I mean, what you described was to tell me where to hack, but how about the how to hack? Yeah, sure. So, um, the most kind of famous use so far of machine learning and hacking was an organization called TaskRabbit that got breached. And the attackers used deep fakes and the whole, you know, so, so step one is, can we use deep fakes to make people hear voice messages, to make people click on screens and see videos that look super accurate? Uh, and, and they've been able to do that. You know, uh, there's been people who've made payments after a telephone call from the CEO. And, you know, one of the challenges that people have is that as people in public companies become more successful, they do interview, they do podcasts, and they end up leaving beautiful trails of their voice and their imagery and their behavior that I can go and pull into a model and I can, you know, build speech patterns so that I can essentially call finance, sound like your CEO, and implement an attack. And that has successfully worked several times already. So number one, you know, attackers That's really are using cool. AI. It's cool, isn't it? I, I, I love that. Is this you first-hand know, experience you have with this? No, no, no. And um, so, so the, 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 the first org that got hit with that was a, that we know of was a UK energy organization where somebody successfully convinced finance to transfer 200,000 pounds, which is about $300,000 based on a deep fake voice uh, simulation. Um, and, you know, so, so we're seeing deep fakes, building better emails, better websites, making you sound like that. We're seeing machine learning being used uh, to communicate back how the attack is going so that the machine learning can build models and make them more effective on the next attacks. And then what we haven't seen in, in much use right now is where, where they're embedding machine learning components into malware to make the malware more effective in your environment. There's reports of it but I haven't seen so much of it. Hmm. Okay, so how do we defense against that? I, yeah, I, I mean, like the most basic thing still counts. If somebody rings you up in a hurry to send money to anybody, you don't. If somebody sends you an email, you know, like, like we, we, we are more connected than ever, but we, we seem to be less connected in cyber. You know, recently I got an email from somebody in the company and I didn't like the look of it. You know, there's a couple of spelling errors and I, and I called them on their cell phone. They're like, no, I didn't send you an email. You know, so plain old human communication is one of the best ways to stop the uh, phishing environments. The second way is if you can have decent quality EDR on your endpoints that's able to look at you know, how likely is it that when I download a new package, that that package starts communicating, you know, with places that this company has never communicated with before. So being able to see that 
being able to do things like risk score the IP addresses, you know, quickly that the, that the communication is happening back to, that's all really useful. And then the third thing that we're seeing is lots of data scientists who build good machine learning models are brilliant at data science and don't have the corresponding cyber, um, you know, support along with their data science. And so we're seeing legitimate data science models being breached, the results of them being stolen and that being used in cyber attacks. And so like, you know, essentially what we need to think of is we need to think of cyber hygiene everywhere. We need to think of good EDR. And if in doubt, pick up your cell phone and call somebody. I know it's crazy to think that, you know, you'd actually use this thing to call, but hey, make, make contact with someone. Very good. So just before we wrap up, where does open systems fit in, into this equation? So uh, that's a super question. Open systems, one of the companies they bought was this data science company called Scuba. And Scuba is, you know, kind of 40 PhD level data scientists. And what we do is we take their data science knowledge and we apply it to Microsoft tools. So I'll give you a simple example. The Defender for Endpoint has about 15 data sets in it. We, we mine that data set and we ask questions like, for our customers, how likely is it that this process will call another? So we have algorithms for process spawning. We have algorithms for blast analysis in terms of somebody has sent an email. How likely is it that a janitor sends an email to the CEO? You know, highly mm -hmm. unlikely. And so we build models with our customers' data to really advance and help us, you know, uh, find the signal from the noise. That is extremely interesting. Thank you very much, Paul. You've certainly opened my eyes. Well, it was super talking to you. Thank you so much for your time, sir. That was Paul Keeley. He is the Chief Cloud Officer with Open Systems, and I am Rich Nass, the Executive Vice President of the other Open Systems, Open Systems Media.